Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 17 of your favorite Celtics podcast, Chasing Banners. My name is Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. You can find all sorts of NBA and Celtics content, um, my blog, my YouTube channel, uh, links to our podcast for Chasing Banners. And like always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, tell everyone how your day is going today. My day is going absolutely amazing. Pats won yesterday. Cam Newton's my QB won. Celtics game won for Easter Conference Finals starts tomorrow. I am absolutely terrific right now. The way you can find my silliness is at 401 Sheehan on Twitter. Uh, I might be having changes come to that, so I'll let you know ahead of time. But, uh, yeah, so here I am, better than ever, excited to do episode 17. Yeah, I am. I mean, you mentioned Patriots won yesterday on Sunday. Cam Newton, first game starting quarterback for the Patriots. Two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Patriots got the win. Cam Newton looked like a baller. Looked like Cam for MVP. I'm hopping on the hype train. Uh, But most importantly, the Celtics won game seven against the Toronto Raptors. They played on... Uh, when was it? They played on Friday, I believe it was. It was a late game. It was 9 o'clock. And let me tell you, I do not like late games because having to sit around all day and wait for this game was like – That was torture. The worst thing I could – like, I don't even – torture. Yeah, it basically was torture. Like, usually we'd, we'd have games on at like 6.30ish. So it's like, okay, like, you get your day done around like 5, 5.30. Like, okay, I got like an hour, hour and a half to go. And then you got a game on at nine. It's like you got your day over with. And it's like, what do I do now? How, like, what am I supposed to do to wait? Like, am I supposed to actually be productive on my day? Like, what, what, what am I supposed <laughs> to do? Um, but the Celtics came out with a victory. They won by five points, 92 to 87. I was so nervous. Like, I was confident in the Celtics winning. But the entire way, it was just back and forth, back and forth. Um, it was a one point game heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, Celtics were up by one, and then they, you know, they came out on top in the fourth. Tatum had one of the biggest games of his young career in the playoffs. And I said before the game that he would have, him, Jalen, and Kemba had to have had amazing games for them to win this. Tatum had 29 points, 12 rebounds, seven assists, one steal, one block. Just all around great performance from him. Seven for 10 from the free throw line. He missed three free throws. Um, don't want to see that. Uh, Marcus, uh, not Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown had 21 points, eight rebounds. He also had a, a, a much more productive game. He shot 10 for 17 from the, uh, from the field. Shot one for seven from three, so those uh, six of those misses were threes, but whatever. Um, and then Marcus Smart had 16 points. Shot two for 10 from three, whatever. But he also had not good on three. <laughs> not good. No, this wasn't a great three point shooting game because Kemba Walker also shot one for seven, but he yep. had a great shooting game. But it doesn't matter because Celtics won. Marcus Smart ended up having the biggest play of the game with his chase down block, or one of the biggest plays of the game. That and Tatum's offensive rebound when Grant Williams missed two free throws. Um, Grant Williams kind of joked he goes after I missed the free throws he said to Tatum he goes thank you for saving my career in Boston because if the if Grant Williams missed those two free throws the Raptors get the ball back and they somehow won off of it Grant Williams would have been I don't know he just would have been absolutely a lot of angry people people would have been been very very upset at Grant Williams about his two missed free throws but he redeemed himself he got a big block on the other end he blocked Fred Van Vliet I believe it was and you know that was it 
So Celtics won game seven. They are going on to the Eastern Conference Finals to face off against Jimmy Butler, whose birthday is today. Happy birthday, Jimmy Buckets. And the Miami Heat, Tuesday, September 15th at 6.30, I believe the game starts. Um, Ryan, uh, before we get into that series, do you want, do you have any thoughts, any takeaways from game seven and like, you know, anything that you could say the Celtics should take from that game or anything that uh, to go into next series? Well, here's one thing almost everyone could take from this game. And especially this series is Marcus Smart continues to show why I ranted about him (laughs) months ago about why he should be the defensive player of the year. And again, he proves it. In the clutch, on just just over a minute left in the game, I believe, on a chase down block. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like how many times does Marcus Smart have to prove how good he is on defense? He is the best defender in this league by far. He he is the reason games games change. He is the reason why games change. It's true. Like that, what the Raptors could have went on a huge momentum swing. Marcus Smart could have stepped in on defense with a big play, and the whole game could have went the Celtics' way. He does it all the time, and that block saved him. It really did. the The block was amazing. So again, Marcus Smart showing again why he should have been considered Defensive Player of the Year. It it's just another example. But other than that, what we can take from that game, especially. You got to hit your shots going going against Miami. Yeah. Game seven, if you find yourself in a game seven with Miami, who's full of shooters on their team, you are going to lose. Yeah, Boston shot uh, 24% from three in game seven. You can't have some of your best players going one for seven, one for seven. Two for ten for three. You can't. Those are three of yeah. their main scores, right? I'm like, I'm like looking at these team stats right now, and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, wow. The Celtics really got away with a, a game seven victory when they shot 41% from the field, 24% from three, and 56%. They missed 10 free throws. The Raptors just had eight more turnovers. So that was obviously the big that was the game changer right there. This is what I'm gonna take from this series. We won the series, but we didn't play to our full potential. Mm-hmm. I don't think like I no. think there was maybe one game we probably did. Throughout the rest of that series, we did not play to our full potential at all. And, you know, I knew Rap- the Raptors were good enough for another win, more than one win. But looking at our stats, if you look back, the Celtics did not play as well as they could have, and yet we still came out of this series. It's not going to be the same story against the Heat, who mm-hmm. are a better team right now. They're just a better team than Toronto. So, and they're better scores. They're hot. They have full momentum going into this series. They do, yeah. They didn't take seven games to, to finish this series. This team has to realize they have to play better. They have to play better. You have to hit your shots. There were so many open shots these guys had, all these opportunities these guys had. You're not going to have those same opportunities against the Miami Heat. They will be up on your ass, bro. They're not going to give you any space. And the, if you think the Toronto Raptors are resilient, oh, my gosh, you have a whole team full of just resilience. I was just talking about Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, like even Sergi Baca, for example, who kept them in the game at points. You're going against a whole roster like that. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder, Jimmy Butler, Kendrick Nunn, 
Bam out of bite, all these guys, they give no shits whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And even though we match up with this team perfectly, it, it does not change how good Miami is and how scared of them I am truly. Listen, Miami was – I wrote an article, we talked about this too, about two teams that I thought were going to be the biggest sleepers. One of them was Miami. I thought Miami was going to be an underdog. They were going to be dark horse the entire way through. They were a team that could upset Milwaukee, and they obviously did. Um, then the Denver Nuggets, who are going to take the Clippers to seven games tomorrow night, which yeah, is the Nuggets are the best team when they're down 3-1. Like, they are the best team when their backs are against the, against the wall. But coming off, uh, just going off of what you're saying, you're 100% right. Celtics did not live up the, to their potential. And they didn't because their starters, their big, their big three, let's say, Jason, Kemba, and Jalen, did not they, – they were so inconsistent this series. There was not – there was Kemba. probably – how many, I mean, you could probably think of one or two games where all three of them actually played well at once. Like, it was like one game, one guy was doing his thing, another game, the other guy. Like, it was never all three of them were doing their thing. It was just one or the other – um, they were so inconsistent. And that's why the series went seven games. If those three guys were on top of their play, if they were playing to their full potential, um, the series would have ended in five games. Uh, yeah. But it didn't. Um, but honestly, I think it makes them feel good that they were able to defeat the defending champions while they weren't playing their best basketball. Because they know they right. weren't playing their best basketball. They 100% know they weren't. Listen, it's crazy how Tatum and Smart were the two best players on the floor in Game 7, but yet they shot um, – Tatum shot 9 for 23 and Smart shot 6 for 15. But yet they still were the best players on the court. And that kind of goes off what you're saying with Marcus Smart. Like, he's a game changer. He shot 2 for 10 from 3. I mean, the guy was trigger happy because he's been hitting threes all series. Yep. Um, but – you know, didn't shoot well, but they, he made up for it on defense. And that's what, I mean, his defensive plays changed the game, obviously, with that last block. I mean, that was literally, like, a big – like, that was a swing. Like, if he didn't block that, then who knows what would have happened. Yep. Um, and no matter what, whether or not Boston lost in some games to Toronto or they won that game, Boston was still the better team that series. I just want to point that out. They played better yeah. than Toronto the entire way through. Toronto got two win- Two of their wins came off of a game winner with half a second left, and the other game winner came in double overtime. Great game, double overtime, but, you know, the refs – played a major part in that victory. So I don't know if I'm I'm quite going to give Toronto the benefit of the doubt with that win. But um, leading into Miami, Miami is a whole different uh, – this is a whole different ball game. Toronto yeah. is known for being a better three-point shooting team. They are known for being good defenders. But Miami – has shooters they have they got shooters right now they got veterans they got all-stars they got a little bit of everything they got young guys old guys like all around you listed the roster i think that they have a top three roster in the nba from top to bottom i think they're just so deep um the depth that that team has is insane they play unbelievable defense you cannot leave them you cannot leave their guys open this is a game where they are going to have to play perimeter defense like they have never played it before the series is 2-1 in the regular season Celtics beat them twice um, outside the bubble and then Miami beat them once uh, during one of the seeding games in the bubble and that was like uh, they won by a few points Boston was down a little bit they came back Um, there was a lot of questionable calls that night I don't know if you remember that game too much but Marcus Smart fouled out in like the third quarter like Bam Adebayo got to the free throw line 20 times I think 
Um, okay. so there was a lot of stuff, you know, with that, but it was a regular season game, so whatever. Um, but now they got them for seven games. I am not as scared as maybe you are. I understand why. I understand the fear. I, I think that I think that the Raptors was the biggest test for Boston. If they could beat Toronto, they could beat anyone. I like. Even if they had to play Milwaukee, I thought Toronto was like, if they can beat Toronto, they're going to have the most confidence. They're going to have so much momentum. Yes, Miami has plenty of momentum. The I think the Celtics and Miami, the two hottest teams in the NBA. Yeah. Miami beat the, uh, beat the Milwaukee Bucks, who were considered to be uh, favorites to win the championship. The Celtics beat the defending champs, the Toronto Raptors. Now you got these two teams going at it. I think that is going to be a, a war. I think it is yep. going to be an absolute battle. I, I am not taking Miami lightly by any means. Like I think that it is going to be each game's gonna go down to the wire. I said this about Toronto and that there was like two blowout games. Or yeah, two blowout games. Celtics won by eighteen and twenty two, I believe. None of that. That's not gonna happen against Miami. Each game is gonna be close to the wire. It is gonna come down to a few shots, a few free throws, or whatever it may be. Um, but I still see the the Celtics coming up, uh, winning the series in a, uh, probably six games, I'd say, because as much as the Heat have, you know, on their offensive end, they have Hero, they have Robinson, they have Butler, they have Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic is going to be a huge problem for the Celtics. I can already tell that Goran Dragic is going to be the guy that is going to break some hearts for Celtics fans in some of these games. Yep. Um, they got a lot of scores, but Boston – they have a lot of scorers as well. And I think the three top scorers for Boston is better than any of the scorers that um, Miami has. I mean, Jimmy Butler, phenomenal all-around player, but he's not a guy that you can count. He's not a guy that you're going to really ask there to go out and give you 30 points, 35 points every single night. He can, but he's not going to do it. It's more that team, they're going to share the ball. Everyone's going to get their touches. Everyone's It's going to be spread out the scoring. Um, but the Celtics have three guys that are going to give them trouble. They have some key wing defenders in Miami Heat, but I don't know if they'll be able to combat the offensive um, approach that the Celtics have with JT, uh, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker. And not for nothing, Gordon Hayward's going to be coming back at some point this series. We don't know when, um, but he huge, will be coming back. Huge that is going to be series. huge for the Celtics because that helps so much with matchups. Um, Sheehan, when this eventually happens, I'm gonna. I want you to give your opinion. I want to give uh, your take on the series. How you think it's gonna end? You know, who's gonna win and how many games and whatnot. But what do you think the Celtics should do with Gordon Hayward um, when he returns? Do you think he should start or do you think he should uh, come off the bench? Nope, straight off the bench. I don't think you can take Marcus Smart out of the starting lineup until you feel it's necessary. And I truly believe, like. Marcus Smart should stay in that starting role. They're flowing perfectly. I believe that he's in a good position where, you know, if he's on the floor with Jimmy Butler or one of their scorers, they're going to get shut down. But then think about it. You bring Gordon Hayward off the bench, averaging 18 a game this season. And honestly, like he's been like, except for his dribbling when he drives the basket, which is really rough, which I really got to criticize him for. Other than that, he's pretty consistent. And he's one of their best facilitators on the team when he drives and kicks. So if you have him come off the bench, then you have a star coming off the bench. You know what I mean? So why would you mm -hmm. not take why would you not take advantage of that opportunity? And this is what I wanted, you know, way back at the beginning of the season when Gordon was or even last year, when Gordon was 
trying to get back to his old self. I think it was the year last year with Kyrie. I believed he should have came off the bench. Gordon Hayward. Yeah, a lot of people has, agree with ha, you there. Yeah, ha, Gordon Hayward has to find his rhythm again before you can get him in the starting lineup. And I firmly believe that you need to have him come off the bench right now. And not just because he's not going to be in rhythm, but the Celtics could also really use a scorer like him coming off the bench. Think about that, Gordon Hayward off the bench. So I believe that is how the route that Brad Stevens should go. And um, real quick, um, I wanted to bring up, because I was looking at both of the rosters, and I really wanted to consider, all right, how many times have we seen guys go to the ECF on both of these teams? We know about Jalen Brown. Uh, Gordon Hayward, we have, we have yet to see with the Celtics. I thought it was going to be three years in a row without seeing him in the ECF. Um, so you got Jalen Brown. You got Jason Tatum. You got Marcus Smart. Semi Ojale has just been there. Um, and then you got – yeah, that's really much it. So Daniel got, Tice has technically been there, but he wasn't, healthy. he wasn't healthy in their, in their run in 18. Exactly. So then you go to the Heat, and this is what I was just thinking. I was just saying, like, the other day, they really don't have the experience that you need for, for this kind of test. And I was just thinking about Jimmy Butler. But other than that, if you look at it, Jay Crowder has been there. Andre Iguodala has been there. Kelly Olynyk has been there with the, oh, with, the yes, he has. with the Celtics. So they also have guys, Udonis Haslam, obviously, who doesn't touch the floor, but he's a veteran help off the bench who could give you tips. So it's not like they haven't had guys come to this situation before. I mean, Kelly Olynyk and Jay Crowder were both on the were uh, both in the ECF before, I believe. So uh, with the Celtics, so it's like the, it's not like they don't have experience. Isn't it crazy team. that Jimmy Butler has never made it to Eastern Conference Finals before in his career? Well, yeah, he's always had uh, the Celtics stopping him, getting in his yeah, way, too. Yeah, even when so, he went to the West, like Timberwolves, he never really had a chance to do anything yeah, there. He's never really had the, the – I, I never really hit. thought about it. Like, I never thought about that. And then some, I saw the stat where it's like it's his first time making it, and I was like, damn, I guess it is. Like, I just never thought of it like that. Right, So, which is extremely weird because it's Jimmy Butler. But now yeah. – you have Jimmy Butler with the team he fondly mm-hmm. loves, not just likes. He loves this team. He loves Miami. So yeah. this is this is why, like, I'm saying they're such a scary team because you got Jimmy Butler who's on a team he actually likes being on now, and he's on a team where he's the most comfortable with the guys around him. Like, I'm looking at Bam. I'm looking at Goran Dragic, who's such a problem. Honestly, I've always he really liked, is. I've he, always, I've always liked loved. Him. I've always yeah. loved Goran Dragic. He was I've, I have too. Like he is just a great fundamental point guard. Right. Has a phenomenal shot. Shoots mid range. Like yep. it's back in the '90s. Like the guy is. I, he's just good. He's the guy just is a cold. Good point that's why guard. I'm. No, that's why I'm saying like, um, like I, I it's not going to be anything close to this. But Chris Middleton always gives the Celtics problems when we face the Bucks. I feel like this is going to be uh, this is going to be the Chris Middleton of the Heat. It's yeah, gonna be yeah. Hard. I, I, I can feel it already. I can already feel the twenty points that Goran Dragic is going to drop tomorrow. Tyler, also another guy you got to think about is Tyler Hero. You got to be. I. This is what. This is what he's I wanted. Problem. This is what I wanted. With game six, I believe I said I wanted there was like five minutes left in the game, and I believe I tweeted it out and then I deleted it. I don't know why, but I wanted Marcus Smart on Kyle Lowry's hip, not giving him any room the rest of the game. 
I believe you have to do that with some players. I believe you have to put a player on their hip, ghost them, and say, do not give him any space. And Tyler Hero is one of those players because as soon as you give him a centimeter of room, he's pulling and he's hitting. He doesn't need much time. He has a quick release. So that's why, like, if, if we could put someone on his hip just to play defense, just ghost him, don't even allow him to get the ball. I would love that because I believe Tyler Hero is one of those guys, and he's one of the guys that gets the team hot. He's yep. the one of the guys that gets them on big runs. So shut him down. Every time I see him play or I think about it, it upsets me that, that he went one pick ahead of Romeo Langford. Don't oh, get me wrong. Yeah. I love me some Romeo. I think he's going to be good. But Tyler Hero was so ready for the NBA. Like he was out of college. Like he was ready. He like these types of situations, like the playoffs, like playing big minutes for a contending team, like that this is what Tyler Hero is like made for. Like he is gonna have some big games in his career. He is going to be a very successful player because wherever he goes, he is going to find success because of the type of player he is. Um I am I want to look out. I mentioned Goran Dragic. The three guys I, I am most concerned about this series, I'll say. One, I said Goran Dragic. Two, Tyler Hero. Well, I mean, I, I say three. We'll say three or four guys. I say Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, the two shooters for Miami, yeah. because they they can light it up if they get hot Duncan Robinson off of the screen he like I don't know those guys are special and then Bam at a Bayou I think he is going to be a matchup nightmare for Boston I mean I say nightmare I think Boston can contain him I don't know I really don't know how that is going to play out um because when that that bubble game I mentioned earlier Marcus Smart had six fouls he picked up like three of them while guarding Bam. He picked up like Girl. two, like ten seconds. So it's just like, how well are we gonna be able to match up with him? He's a shorter point guard. Uh, I mean, a shorter center, a shorter big man. So it's like, Marcus Smart can get put on him, but we need to be careful with the fouling, like I just mentioned. So can Tice handle him? Robert Williams, he's gonna have to have a big series he as well. He can't bite. He cannot bite. He can't too bite. Much. No, he cannot allow Bam Adebayo to be against the free throw line twenty times a night. Like we, we cannot be getting into foul trouble and allowing that to happen. I um, firmly believe we should have Marcus Smart on Jimmy Butler. Though. Can I be honest? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Marcus Smart and Jimmy Butler should be those two guys um, that go at each other. Uh, all honesty, um, I, I, I'm, he shouldn't have played game seven, nine minutes, one for three shooting. semi usually sucks. Um, but honestly, if we're looking to give fouls out, screw it. Put Semi in and put him on Bam. I mean, listen, I mean, like, if we need to give something a try, I'd be willing to do that. And if Semi fouls him, he, if he fouls him three, four times, screw it. Uh, I'm fine with that. Um, they, they, I think Brad Stevens is going to have a, a few different game plans in mind as how to combat Bam out of bio. I think he is going to be one of the biggest problems for the Celtics. Um, kind of tracing it back just a little bit, we were talking about Gordon Hayward. And I asked you what your thoughts on uh, whether or not he should come off the bench or to start. I would have a hundred percent disagreed with you if this was like a week or two ago um, with him coming off the bench, this and that, because I believe, you know, yeah, he he's been out for four weeks. Actually today marks exactly four weeks since he, he's gone hurt. And he said he's been out for, they said it would be take four weeks. They also said that was kind of like, you know, uh, kind of going easy that was like um they said four weeks but it was like eh, like a soft a estimate a soft four weeks but yeah. it could be like five but it's been four weeks exactly but anyways um i would have disagreed with you because i think even though he's been out for a while you know he's missed time before and they put him right back into the starting lineup then it's like nothing changed you put marcus smart off the bench he's still gonna get his 
He played um, 43 minutes in game seven. He's still going to be playing high 30 minutes, no matter what Marcus Smart. But you make a great point, and everyone else has made – everyone that I've talked to about this has made great points, and this is why I now agree with you that Gordon Hayward should come off the bench. The flow of the starters with Marcus Smart in it, it just works. Like, yeah, defensively, it, it works. Like, Mar- having that extra defender to start the game, it really helps. And I think it's going to help, especially with this series against Miami. Having Hayward come off the bench, listen, or Hayward's at this point in his career where he – if he comes off the bench and he doesn't like it, what is he going to do about it? You know what I mean? Right. It's like, if he comes off the bench, it'll be just like I mentioned with Smart. He is still going to get – high 30s he's probably going to be playing with the starters more than you would with the bench because how brad stevens likes to play his lineups is guys uh, they go into the starting lineup if they guys coming off the bench they play minutes with the starters all vice versa gordon hayward would run the bench he would exactly. get all his shots off exactly. he would get it's not like he'd be worried about getting his touches taken away last game you had all five starters besides daniel tice who fouled out each played uh, Tice played 23 minutes. Everyone in the starting lineup not named Tice played at least 42 minutes. And then Robert Williams had 17, minute off, 17 minutes off the bench and no one else had more than 10. So he is going to get plenty of bench run. He's not going to have to worry about anyone stepping on his toes, taking away shots from him. He'll still get his. And honestly, at this point, the Celtics need more bench help than they do yep. loading up uh, the starting lineup with more scoring. Right. Do I think when – and when the series is over, if the Celtics make it to the finals, do I will will there be a change? Will they might readjust things down the line? Sure. Will they adjust things depending on the matchup? But you know, they come out uh, weak and game uh, slow in game three. Let's say he comes back in game three or something, and they want to put him back in for game four. They might mess around with that. But I think at least for his first game or two back, he should be coming off the bench. See how that works because the Celtics are hot. I mean, they went to seven games, but they are getting very used to the roster that they have um their starters especially so they should stick with that um yep. when, when gordon hayward comes back and then we'll see what happens from there yep no i firmly i like completely agree with you i this is why i want gordon hayward to come off the bench because like he will be the scorer off the bench like he is the guy so he will be able to run that second unit um I hope Brad Stevens listens into this because I think you can learn a lot <laughs> from what we're telling you right now. Yeah, no, I think uh, Brad Stevens is definitely going to have his hands full with this team uh, with Miami, uh, figuring out what he's going to do when Gordon Hayward comes back. But Brad Stevens is really good at these things. So I trust him with what he does. Um, one last thing I wanted to talk about before we end this episode, the uh, I think it was ESPN. They gave their, their predictions of this series and who is going to come out on top. And they had a bunch of analysts and all these people talk about it. And it was 11 to 10. Miami uh, had 11 votes to win. Miami uh, Celtics. Uh, Miami had 11 votes to win the series. Celtics had 10. Um, and there was a lot of people that were saying, I think there's not a single person that said that it was going to end in five games for either side. It's either Heat in seven, Heat in six, or Celtics in six, or Celtics in seven. Um, I'm personally predicting that the Celtics are going to win in six games. That is my prediction. I am, st- I am stamping it down right now. I'm writing it in stone. Um, I'm not going to change up on it. Celtics in six. Uh, so, Ryan, what is your prediction for this series? What is, how, how many games is it going to go and who's going to come out on top? Well, I'm not going to say Miami because why would I say Miami? Because I don't think they will. 
But I think this is going to be a series, and I think it's going to be Celtics in seven. It's going to go. I think a, it's going to go. I think it's going to be a really um, stressful series for fans. Real stressful. Worse, worse than the Toronto series. I <laughs> think that this series will be a little better when it comes to the refs and a lot of the calls that were made because, you know, with Toronto. I, I like. I don't really want to blame refs for anything. I don't want to say the NBA like you know wants this and that to happen, so they try to make it happen. But there is no doubt in my mind that the refs wanted the Celtics Raptors to go seven games, and they were definitely leaning um, towards uh, Toronto a little bit more than Boston with some of their calls. I'm happy that there's no Milwaukee now because you know Giannis gets all these calls. Um, I think Celtics-Miami, I think, is going to be, like I said earlier, it's going to be a war. It's going to be a battle. Every game is going to go down to the wire, and I think the refs, for the most part, are going to let them play. I think these two teams are just going to go at each other, um, and I'm hoping that it's just – all I could ask for, honestly, like especially after watching the last series, if it goes seven games, so be it. I just want it to be a clean seven games. I want it to be the, – the heat. they go to seven games off of some BS. Like I want it to be like – if. The, I want each game, whoever wins that specific game, I want them to earn it. If Miami is going to beat us, I want them to earn the win. I don't want because some refs gave them some free throws when time expired like they did against Milwaukee when I think when they went up 2-0 or 3-0 or something like that. Um, like, no, I need this to be a, 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 a very fairly refed series. It needs to be very fairly officiated and just let the kids play and it'll be it could be the best series that we will we'll even see in the playoffs so i mean oh. just let it happen celtics and six that's that's where i stand on that yep blood will be drawn in this series for sure you know marcus smart well yeah. how long into game one will it take for marcus smart and jimmy butler just start going at each other uh zero seconds i think two minutes <laughs> i think within two minutes we're gonna see our first like scuffle i think or people are gonna start saying things to each other That's jimmy, jimmy butler and uh marcus smart have some history together they we do that they do have some history they've gone off they face each other in the playoffs in the past i believe um have they played yeah no they have because when jimmy butler was on the bulls a few years yep. ago that when he him and Dwayne wade were together they bulls are up 2-0 Celtics came back, won four straight, won the series 4-2. So, yeah, they have some history in the playoffs. They have some history in, in general. Do you remember? I think it was my it was my freshman year of college. So, I think it was 2016. It may have been 2017. Um, it was Bulls Celtics, and Marcus Smart fouled Jimmy Butler on, like, as the buzzer went off, and they gave Jimmy Butler two free throws, and they won the game. And it was, like, as time expired, it was, like, the biggest BS. Like, Marcus Smart didn't touch him, but the refs gave him the shots. Um, so yeah, that, it'll be, I'm very excited to see how this series plays out. Cause like I said, they're going to be, they're going to be butting heads. They're going to be exchanging words. They're going to be going at each other and I wouldn't want it any other way. So I'm very excited for tomorrow night. Um, Celtics and six and Ryan, do you have any other, anything you have to say really before we end this episode? Cause I, I think I'm a, I think I'm, I'm good to go, honestly. Uh, not much besides the fact that stats don't tell you everything. So it's good if you watch basketball and actually watch it instead of just looking at numbers. Cause, um, you know, numbers will tell you something, but if you actually watch the person the whole time, they'll tell you that they're the best defender in the world. And his name is Marcus Smart. So there you go. Yeah. If anyone tells you anything differently, they're wrong. They don't, they just don't watch <laughs> basketball. This is also going to be the first Eastern conference finals where there is no number one or two seed. 
which is wild. that's yeah i never like that's also very weird like i like obviously i i don't know i i just thought i could have seen that happening years yeah ago. yeah you know what i mean very strange i did not know that stat of the yeah day right so there you go that's your stat of the day um yeah and one other thing i guess i'll say um it, it, i believe this before the series uh, i thought it was kind of neck and neck but i thought tatum had the edge but it's cl- it's crystal clear now wherever you have pascal siakam on your your nba ranks tatum is ahead of him yeah just, no it's clear just, say, just saying i i mean I, I'm, I know we're focused on miami right now and toronto's in the past siakam he isn't better than Tatum. He Whatever you want to say. Played, you want to played poorly. With. That's for played sure. Poorly did not show up in the biggest, one of the biggest series of his career. And uh, Tatum did. And Tatum is just better than Siakam. So that's all I have to say. That's my last thing I have to say. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening in, uh, checking in with us for another episode of Chasing Banners, episode 17. Next episode is episode 18. One of the more important episodes because like, the the title of the podcast chasing banners we are chasing banners we are chasing that coveted banner number 18 and the celtics are one step closer to achieving that getting that banner hanging it up in the td garden or in the bubble or wherever they want to hang it up i don't know <laughs> what are they even going to do if they if someone wins the banner where are they going to raise it they they can even have like a ceremony to start the season or like what like are they going to empty stadium I, or something you know let's just say let's just say it happened and then just move on (laughs) yeah i mean they could just save it for i do i i don't really know what you do in that situation (laughs) well you know what i guess it's a good situation to be in so hopefully the Celtics find themselves in that situation but um you can follow me on twitter at dante on deck um there you can find everything you want anything you need to know about me all types of celtics nba content i'm posting every day you can find the Twitter handle to Chasing Banners in my bio, find my blog, find my YouTube channel, all that fun stuff. Um, Ryan, remind everyone where they can follow you on social media. You can find me at 401 Sheehan on Twitter. Uh, and then also you, you can find my own podcast, Sheehan's World, which I've been dearly missing for almost two months now, um, which we'll is called – to it. Yeah, no, I – I'm still trying to find time. There's been a lot of stuff in my life going on. So Shan's World Pod on Instagram. I might make that my Twitter now, but we'll see. But yeah, I'm just trying to get back into it. So if you were following it, I apologize, but I will be back. I promise you. Yes, sir. Yes, you will be. That's on Big Trust. Thank you, everyone, for checking in. (laughs) (laughs) Big Trust. Thank you, everyone, for checking in. We appreciate you always for listening. As always, stay safe, stay healthy. God bless, and go Celtics. Go Celtics, baby!